episode of Hitting Paydirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 25. I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me, fresh from the West Coast. Well, kind of the West Coast. Midwest Coast. He came back from Denver. Mike Corwin. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> uh, why was that way than it, need, than it needed to be? Well, I said West Coast, but it's but you're not really on the coast. Is is Colorado considered the Midwest? I think Midwest like goes like as far as like Iowa, maybe the D- Dakotas. I feel like Colorado, so, so is Missouri. Those are all like. Is there a Mid East? Well, Mid East would be the other way. That would be like Tennessee, hmm. Ohio, maybe. Ohio is Ohio I, I, Midwest. I don't know, man. That's a the Midwest is like a weird. A weird designation. And there's no cutoff. Colorado to me is West Coast. And is, is, yeah, but you're like not on a coast and you're still like an hour difference time zone wise than like you're in mountain time. You're not even in Pacific time. Well, yeah. whatever. You're in Colorado. Well, we you're back. From, we, we both came from higher altitude. Yeah, I was in Colorado too. Our paths actually crossed, which was funny and a little bit coincidental unplanned um <laughs> dude but like your your trip really quick and like where you went and yeah um yeah if any, if any of you were following around on instagram i put a little bit of it up but um i got to go to phoenix for a day um hooked up with uh clint sig who's training down there at narrow force one um got to watch him do it was more of a recovery day um but got to watch him kind of work out there and then uh, went and had lunch with the boys over at Air Force One and had dinner with Clint. And it was a good time in Phoenix this time of year. is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's like 80 degrees, sunny, just absolutely beautiful. And then uh, spent a couple days up in Denver. Um, Elijah Reed had a mock pro day at the facility he's training at. So I got to go up there, kind of get a glimpse of how his training's going what to expect on his pro day. And it was, it was good. They got his gym, Landau performance. They have 33 guys training there. It was a lot. It was, there's, there's a lot of guys training there. Um, but it's good. Well run. How, how big is that place? 33 guys seems like a lot. It is a lot, but they have, man, there had to be six or seven coaches there kind of running everything. And, um, you know, they're, breaking down film and, you know, doing their thing and getting those guys right. Um, I was texting you and Ben a little bit on the side. I like to think of myself as an athlete, you know, played high school sports, just generally, I think, athletic. Man, <laughs> you don't feel that way after watching those guys train, you know. Um, I, I was texting you guys. I think I watched an offensive lineman prospect put up 30 reps at 225. Mm-hmm. I think I could do 225 once, maybe twice with my arms shaking pretty good. Um, it, just incredible watching those athletes. Um, athletes work. Although it's funny, we all went out to Top Golf afterwards, and they're not very good at golf. So that made me feel a little bit better because um, I got to got to show them the ropes at Top Golf. But um, yeah, it was a really good trip. It was a whirlwind. 
three plane rides in three days. Got home late Friday, um, but such is life, and it was it was a good time. So excited to be back. It is Super Bowl Sunday, the last NFL game of the year. It's crazy how quick that went by. I feel like there should be four or five more weeks left. I'm sure the players don't feel that way. I'm sure, I'm sure their bodies could use a break. But we got Super Bowl Fifty Six kicking off in about an hour and forty five minutes. What what a season, by the way. What a season! I think next. Yeah, I think next week that'll be our episode. Next Sunday, we'll just do a top ten storylines. There's so much to cover, and. Like, think of the stuff that happened early in the season, like the Gruden stuff that happened, what, October? That feels like years ago. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's like a completely different season. I know that this season they extended, so we've played more games in the regular season this year than we ever have before. I don't know if that's a product of it or, or, or if it's just because we've jammed so many storylines into a season. What? Yeah, and the NFL... I mean, the NFL loves it, man. They are king. They are king. And people tune in. And if you had to guess, what do you think what do you think their Nielsen rating is today? How many how many households how across many the world are gonna watch tonight? Households or what whatever however they measure that. When they when the news breaks tomorrow that blank million people tuned in. That's a great question. Um, and I'm only drawing viewership that we've mentioned on this podcast. Um, yeah, so to give you a little bit of context, they had 80 yeah. they had 80 million for the championship weekend. We're going to have like 120 million people. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. What do you think? Al? I think if I I think it'll probably breach 100 no. Over, 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 and that's probably just in the United States. I think worldwide, it God, those numbers got to be two, three hundred million. What? How many people, either across the pond or like in the country that aren't in the U.S., how many of you think tune in and say, "Holy shit, it's Super Bowl Sunday." Man, I don't know. I'm kind of rethinking my last statement because I just said two, three hundred mil, but that would mean like double the viewers. You'd have like the same amount of viewers outside the United States. Probably, you're probably right. It's probably not that high. It probably is somewhere between 20 and 50 million. The thing is the time zone, right? I think London's like seven or eight hours ahead of us, which means like a 2 a.m. kickoff. Probably tough, right? Kind of, yeah. On a like, Sunday slash Monday morning. There are people here, though, that EPL and they'll wake up at 7 a.m. for, for like, a rivalry matchup. Yeah, um, for sure. But then, yeah, the flip side of Like, Australian Open. I think about that. I stayed up to watch some of the start of the Nadal. Okay. So I guess it depends. Yeah. It it depends on the NFL's reach. You and uh when COVID hit and sports were like down, you and I had a mutual friend who was waking up at like two AM to, to to bet on Korean baseball. Oh 
it's really he lives in Texas. If you need, if you need a, if you need a hint on who that might be, it took me a second, and then, um, and then it immediately hit me when I was like, baseball, baseball. I was like, oh, I know this man. Um, yeah, oh, wow. he was he was struggling to find that itch, and yeah, he was waking up to bet on Korean baseball. Oh, good times. So yeah, I mean, it'll it'll easily be over a hundred million viewers, and there's no other sports league. I don't even think. I don't even think like EPL or like the UEFA gets anywhere near that. I mean, maybe they do just because maybe because soccer is just a bigger sport worldwide. But man, FIFA thing that I could think of that made viewership a Super Bowl. Wonder what the Olympics do. That's a that's a good point. I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't do nearly as well in the United States, but when you start looking at the U.S., there's only 330 million people here. You start looking worldwide, and there's over 7 billion. It's a lot of eyeballs on TVs, potentially, for certain things like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. World Cup. Um, World we'll Cup, get... Olympics. Yes. Soccer. Soccer's huge. Americans don't understand... I don't understand how big soccer is worldwide. You look at some of those contracts that some of those guys sign. <laughs> what did Messi sign for? Like six hundred million euros or something like that. I don't. That and and the structure is different too, right? Like it's not like you buy players. You don't necessarily. And they can transfer. Like they can just leave on their own. Like, yeah, weird. Do you, I, there, I you saw a, a stat. Yeah, hey, can you lend me uh, yes, Ronaldo? I I got a big Fair game there. coming up. Yeah, yeah I just we'll give him back. Run. We'll give him back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw something like there are. God, what was the number? I want to say five or ten thousand soccer agents in Europe. To put that in a little bit of context, there's like a thousand. There's like a thousand NFL. There's like a thousand NFL agents. So there's either like five or 10 times as many soccer agents just in Europe, which I thought was interesting. So, so are you saying that you think that there are two, like that's a lot of agents or not as many? I think so. How many guys are on a soccer roster? 20? That's. You got 11 starters. How many, how many reserves? I think you can carry like a squad of 20. And then you can reserve up to like 25 or 26. And then of the major leagues, you have what? The Premier League? You got the Bundesliga? Is that the, what's the Spanish league? With like Barcelona and all that? Uh, La Liga. Yeah. So those are the three big ones, right? Am I missing any? Uh, the Bundesliga, Italian. I, I said that one. Oh, you did. Italian. Um, um, we said EPL. Yeah, I think those are the big ones. I'm sure we're missing so, some. So, yeah, all the soccer fans can say whatever they want. I'm not that big of a soccer yeah. fan, but so you have four, you have four, maybe five leagues, and those leagues only have ten, fifteen a teams. teams. A lot of teams, though. A lot of teams. A lot of players. Interesting. I thought that was an extremely high number of agents, it, but maybe I'm honestly, way off here. It it could be. 
um they have all these like is kind of in the u.s where they have these yeah you got all the minor leagues and yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure so maybe maybe it's not that many five is a full squad in the epl 17 non-homegrown players as of 25 players interesting Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's get back to Super Bowl Fifty Six because I don't. I, I want. I would be curious as how many listeners give a shit about the <laughs> European soccer, but I thought that was an interesting number. Uh, so back to this theme that the uh, the NFL is king. Before we get into the game, you and I talked for like half a second on this before it started. I had asked you what you had thought. Dr. Dre, Eminem, and Snoop Dogg were getting paid for the halftime show today. What was your guess? Yeah. So I, I just because I thought. So, so you were off. They're, they're both from, they're, they're Cali boys. Dr. Yeah. Dre so you were off dog. by, yep. You were off by $8 million because they actually have to pay $7 million of their own money to perform at the halftime show. Um, people don't realize the NFL does not pay their halftime shows nothing if you remember the weekend last year i think he spent like two million dollars of his own money these artists have to pay for their own crew their own setup uh they don't get any portion of the ticket sales nothing they have to and and dr dre bought a suite at the game that included was included in the seven million dollars so like friends family they can all watch so the nfl (laughs) the nfl takes a stance that hey we're gonna you're going to have the opportunity to showcase your music to 150 million eyeballs, whatever they're projecting viewership to be. So you actually need to pay us to come and perform, which what a whole cojones, man, cojones. That's so uh, I kind of get it from an NFL perspective. Get an audience. I don't even right like the reach 800 million to a billion people know about this. Yeah. Right. Well, and if and if something memorable happens, it'll be all over Twitter. Like even people that aren't watching the game, whether they're at work, they just don't give a shit about football, whatever it might be, that's gonna be all over the internet, all over the news. Um plus I guess like I guess these guys are releasing an, an album, I believe. So they were like releasing like YouTube clips this week leading up to it. So I got a feeling there's gonna be a component, like obviously they'll probably play a few of the hits. But I got a feeling some new music's going to be dropped out of this whole thing. And what better way to promote a new album than the Super Bowl when you're going to have God God knows how many eyeballs on it. So, is the, yeah. Is, I, is, sorry, is there a disappearance today? Uh, like there's there's a whole there. bunch. I don't know about anybody who's not announced... But it's there's like seven people on this list. It's Snoop and Dre and Eminem and there was like a female artist. There, there there's there's a lot of names that'll be probably on the screen at one point or another. So everyone listening probably maybe you you could hold your breath uh, for for a wardrobe Janet Jackson malfunction. If it's gonna happen, it's probably this concert. Wow, yeah. These the performers today are wild. Mary J. Blige, Kendrick, yeah, there you go. Are also performing. Yeah, like I said, I knew there was 
There's a lot of names on that, on who's going to be performing today. And if I had to guess, all of those people are going to be like in some sort of guest role in that new album, right? Is they, I, that's the thing that makes the most sense. And, no. you know, if the NFL is making their artists pay their own way, they, it hasn't hurt them. Look at the, look at the acts. They've had, you know, Katy Perry, the Rolling Stones, the weekend last year, Bruno Lady, Mars, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Like, <clears throat> obviously there's no shortage of people lining up to uh, do the, do the halftime show and they'll pay for it. I mean, when you have you, that you type get the, of reach and marketing, why, why well, wouldn't you? And, you know, the NFL does a good job of marketing it. Like, they have they've they do, like, a, a release show where they release who the act is going to be. They throw it in commercials. Like, they do, a, they do a good job with it. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's, like, the first halftime show I'm actually excited to watch. I'm, I'm less excited. Super too um less excited about the halftime show still i think it's really nice. all of those guys are cali well eminem's eminem's but eminem's a detroit guy mm-hmm. so think about like <laughs> i saw somebody say that like matt stafford is starting in the super bowl and eminem's performing at halftime this is the closest <laughs> the lions will ever be to a super bowl <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's what a jab to t- mm-hmm. they've had enough like like and leave detroit alone and it's true and sad <laughs> um, um all right let's get to the actual actual game before we move what are your oh yeah one one, one question um and okay this will be for our listeners too how how old do you think and I'll give you a hint here of one another. Man, so they, I got introduced to those guys. I had to be like in eighth grade. So I'm going to say I was 13 or 14, and they were probably low 20s. Like I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. say they're like 40, 39, 40, 41. Nice. That's uh, this is than I would have had. Snoop Dogg is 50. Dang. Eminem is 49 years old, which the Eminem one is Snoop. Snoop, for some reason, seems 50 seems fitting. Eminem being 49 years old is just weird. Yeah, I would have never guessed those guys are that old. Um, Because, like, my dad just turned 59. Like, my dad's only 10 years older than that. That's, That's weird to me. It, so it's like, a little surreal. Because like, when did I'm I'm thinking back, and all of my rap history goes back to the movie Straight Outta Compton. So take this <laughs> for a grain of salt. But that was like like um, I guess like that was early '90s, right? '91, '92, '93. I think so. Man, interesting. I, I would have never guessed they were that old. It was just something that and I, I feel like, by, and I was like, I need to ask that. That 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 just seems old. Does that confirm we're old? Is that is that what we're confirming? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. One hundred percent. 
I do wonder like what what's the appetite for like a 20 year old because like you know when you have like a hip-hop or a rap performer for a halftime show you're obviously targeting a younger audience like the the older audiences likes the Mick Jaggers and the Rolling Stone type performances you two I think did one a few years back like this is probably more for a younger audience but like does a 20 year old know who Eminem is oh hands down absolutely he, uh, yeah I think Eminem has had new music that he he recently released okay and I guess he still gets some play on the radio and whatnot I just think like that's probably more our generation like old millennials Man. young young gen xers and and i think a little more trans like dr dre has merchandise beats yeah yes um, snoop everybody knows snoop dog yes um anyone yourself included alex highly recommend following tiktok electric and just posts like <laughs> the most absurd things on TikTok. So highly recommend going out and following him if you all have the appetite for it. My favorite Snoop Dogg clip out there is when he's narrating Planet Earth. Um and there's this <laughs> you've, you your face says you've never seen this. Have you seen this? I so initially no, but now that I'm thinking about it, it like there's some something, right? It, Yes, yeah. So there's these uh, these otters who like team up and they they like chase or like get a crocodile back in the water or a caiman, some type of you know reptile with teeth, and and then Snoop Dogg is like, ooh, ooh, what are those? Are are they mongooses? And then they like they like chase the alligator alligator back into the water he's like yeah yeah we them boys we them boys <laughs> it is just like two minutes of electricity like it is just so like it's so authentic like i don't think snoop's putting on a like a face like that's just who he is yes and he's just narrating nature documentaries and it was just it's just brilliant it was just absolutely brilliant did he do it with like kevin hart by chance I think it was like a late night show. Yeah, they were like whether they were hosting their own thing or he was like a guest on something. Um, it's, oh God, it's just so good. I could watch that on repeat. It's so funny. Weedem boys. <laughs> there, need, there needs to be more of that. Um, like we we need a Planet Earth remix, a collab, if you will. Yeah, make it happen. Goodbye, Sigourney Weaver. Hello, Snoop Dogg. There we go. Uh, all right, let's also, let's actually get into the, let's actually get into the game. <laughs> um, just your initial thoughts. Like, we'll get into predictions and whatnot, but like, what are your are you excited for the game? What are you hoping to see? What are your what are your thoughts on Rams Bengals? Oh man, um, obviously excited for this game, right? Like, it's a Super Bowl. Um, so I. I don't care who's playing. Like I think I think we're gonna this game. Uh oh man. Because we spoke about this last week, Alex. I think I think it's gonna come down who can an offensive line protect Joe Burrow? Who's mm -hmm. you know this, Alex? Joe Burrow was sacked the most times in the NFL this year. Did you know there I did. Um 
mainly because um, the Bengals got a lot of flack last year because their offensive line was bad last year as well, and that's when Burrow tore his ACL. So a lot of people were like, the Bengals need to protect Burrow, and they really didn't do much last offseason around that offensive line. And then I saw a stat on Twitter today that according to like ESPN win rate, like one-on-one win rate, the Bengals have the worst offensive line and the Rams have the best pass rush. Like that's not a good scenario. And if you remember last year in that Chiefs uh, Buccaneers Super Bowl, that's where the Chiefs got into trouble because they could not keep Mahomes upright. I mean, he's running for his life the whole game. And the Buccaneers just dominated that game. I think if the Rams are able to only rush four, they can drop eight into coverage, or excuse me, seven into coverage. Math's hard. Um, but if they can drop seven into coverage and they're getting to Burrow, I think the Bengals are in for a long day, unfortunately. Especially with a young quarterback, I worry about Burrow. Tr- I worry about Burrow trying to do too much, especially if they go down like a touchdown, go down 10. He starts forcing the ball in there, and then they they get a couple turnovers like this game. I could, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I could certainly see it getting ugly too. Like it, that possibility is certainly there. It it has for that. I think I, both teams are high powered. Uh, I think you touched on what what I was going to say is if Cincinnati can keep Joe Burrow vertical. Uh, I think Cincinnati has a shot. Um, after being sacked as many times as Joe Burrow's been sacked, you start the footsteps get a little louder. Mm-hmm. Hearing you know, coming after you, Von Miller. Yes, Von Miller. Yeah. Um, so I, it it's it's going to come down to the offensive line, and I think maybe less so Joe. Uh, if he mm-hmm. can tire out the line, um, it'll be yeah. I'm 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 pumped. On on the flip side, oh, go ahead, finish your thought. Just and to just get the Bengals off of like that's the the sad list that they're on. I feel like Ohio and NFL team are both on. Oh, on the they list. they need. So we'll get into predictions. I do think the Rams are going to win, but I would like to see Cincinnati win. Uh, It's nice to see, like, the NFL, while I think is one of the better leagues in terms of parity, in terms of, like, new teams getting to the Super Bowl, it is still a list of familiar names, right? The Patriots were a a staple. Even the Giants had two Super Bowls. Like, you start to see the same teams. The Bengals haven't been there, I think, in like 30 years. Like since Chris Collinsworth was actually playing, I think it was the last time they'd been to a Super Bowl. So it's nice to see. It was like the NBA last year when you had the Bucks Suns. Like that's a nice. It's nice to see new blood in big games. Um, so I, I hope Cincinnati plays well. I think. I think the thing that could save Cincinnati, even if Burrow is getting hit a ton, is Stafford is no stranger to throwing interceptions. He threw. I think 17 or 18 interceptions this year, which is a ton for someone um, with his talent and with those receivers. So, like, 
even if like Cincinnati's got a good defense of their own, if they can turn Stafford over a couple times, that's going to be their key to win. They got to get they got to get extra possessions in the form of turnovers. Agree. Yeah, well, and that, I think that in of itself, this game just proposes like an interesting element because a turnover in the regular season, well, you have another shot. A turnover, yeah. You only get so many. Everything's magnified. Mm-hmm. Everything is magnified for sure. What about you? Uh, excited. I know you touched on it, but yeah, yeah you know I what? Think- I am excited and. So uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when the Rams beat the 49ers. I'm glad the 49ers didn't win because I think this would have been like a 17 to 10 game, a 17 to 13 game. This feels, even though we just gave the defenses a ton of credit, the over-under set at 49. This Both teams can score in bunches, and I do expect it to be a little bit of up and down and checking the ball around, which makes for just as a – as a fan with no dog in the fight, it makes for a fun game, right? Um, I would love to see like Jamar Chase just explode for 10 catches, 200 yards, and a couple TDs, right? I'd love to see Cooper Cup go off for 160 yards and a touchdown. OBJ, um, you know, going off, which, um, yeah, is I think it makes for an exciting, an exciting game. Both teams have a ton of weapons, and yeah, I'm pumped for it. I think it'll be a good game. Alex, before we before we get off of this topic, do you have any like Super Bowl facts or any like facts about this game? Or is there time for me to share a couple? Yeah, go for it, man. I don't have any prepared, so. So, this is kind of a trailblazing path for coaches, specifically younger coaches, Sean McVay and Zach Taylor. Sean McVay is old. In his Zach second Taylor Super Bowl. Is, yes. Zach Taylor is 38 years old. Wow. Two years. You know, it's it's interesting, though, that you bring that up because I think you look at the hires that were made. There were nine vacancies this year. Everybody's trying to strike that gold, right? Everybody's trying to find the next Sean McVay. Um even you look at the Packers and all that. I think the Packers did a great job with Matt Lafleur. Um, you look at like what the Dolphins did with um, that guy that brought in Mc, McDaniel's, right? Um, so it's just you know they're all like chasing that Shanahan McVay coaching tree, and they're all looking for that next thirty-five to like think think about that. McVay's starting left tackle is four years older than him. Isn't that like that's that's a little weird, isn't it? It's very weird. It's very <clears throat> weird. Um, but like, interesting how that plays up. I wonder as a player, is it better to like? Would you rather play with a guy who you could go to the bar with? Not that not. I'm not saying that these guys are going to the out to the clubs together, but I'm just saying like, <clears throat> would you rather play with somebody who's like your age or a couple years older, or would you rather play for the 50 year old? guy who's been around the block a bunch you're more traditional head coach like your belichick type your pete carroll's your what do you think players think of or like if i had to guess if if i had to guess i would say it actually has nothing to do with the age and it has everything to do with 
the person. Like, like I, yeah, I mean, I think if players could play for Belichick, they'd play for Belichick. I think if players could play for McVay, they'd play for McVay. Like, I think good coaching doesn't really matter about age. It's probably just about being a good leader. But it's just kind of interesting. It's just, I don't know. Especially as a player, you don't give a shit about how old your coach is. Whether, whether it's, like, entirely a numbers guy, an odds guy. He's like hard nosed, like football. If you're winning games, you don't eighty years old or twenty five years old. Yeah, winning solves every, solves everything, doesn't it? Just, uh, it, it's, just but it's interesting. Because... Oh, go ahead. No, I was I was going to transition to another one. So if you have, I'm I was just going to say it's interesting life. that it's just interesting that NFL teams are chasing that fountain of youth when it comes to coaching. And I think it's probably more rare to be the Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur type, who is a really good leader at mid-30s. And yet that's what every team's kind of chasing, or at least it feels like they're chasing. If I had to, if you had to guess, and I, I have not prepared this at all, who do you think the oldest coach hired was? Of the nine guys that were hired, who would you guess the oldest is? Oh wow! Um, I can get you a list here. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, if I if I had to guess, I'm gonna go sh- uh, Doug Peterson. Ooh. So Kevin O'Connell, he, uh, Matt Eberflus, Brian Dabble, Nathaniel Hackett, Doug Peterson, Josh McDaniels, and Mike McDaniel. So, not Josh McDaniels. I know mm-hmm. Nathaniel. So, like, relatively younger. If I had to guess, he's in his forties. Um, yeah. Um, I don't even. I'll go Kevin O'Connell only, but that's. Hit it. Um. Well, Peterson. Yeah, all this. Uh, he is 54. And Kevin McConnell. Well, Kevin O'Connell is 36, so I'm, I'm incorrect. Yeah, you're way off there. It's got to be Doug Peterson. I think everybody else is probably 40 or under. Yeah, and Peterson's 54. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Hackett's 42. Eberflus is 51. Okay. Okay, so there we go. We got a, a shout-out to the Boomers. Not completely gone. <laughs> uh, What's Brian Dabble? He's got to be in his 40s, right? 46. All right, so I guess you get a couple what I would call middle-agers out there, but it just feels like everybody's kind of chasing that young sexy hire you know yeah. that's i mean it's different it's a different game than it was um and i think you're seeing that represented in some of the hires you need to be strategic and different play calling and mcveigh and taylor clearly i mean 
Zach Taylor. They They finished last in their division last year. They won four games last year. This is, I think this is going to be an an eye-opening, a renaissance, if you will, for NFL teams to hire younger head coaches solely for the fact Sean McVay's at his second Super Bowl, Zach Taylor around and then you're looking at other teams that are now following and they're seeing i mean they're seeing this strategy pay off in playoff games yep well and they did they they hit on the draft picks that they needed to hit on obviously they had the number one pick you get joe burrow that was a huge success they picked jamar chase i think like fifth overall last year that was a huge success um, and I don't personally like picking wide receivers that early, but obviously that has worked out probably better than they could have ever hoped. Um, so they hit on the draft picks they need to hit on, and it's a, it's just it's a quarterback driven league. And when you can find that guy, and you only have to pay him like, if I had to guess, Burrow's cap number this year, it's probably less than seven million dollars, and that's how you win. Super Bowls, right? You have a rookie quarterback, um, and they've kind of built through the draft. On the flip side, you have the Rams who have broken like every rule when it comes to building a roster. They moved on from Jared Co- Jared Goff. He's got they're they have Jared Goff on the books this year for twenty five million dollars, and he's not even playing. Like Matt Stafford, I think they're paying like I shouldn't say paying on their salary cap roster. I think. I think um, Stafford's like around 20, 23 million, something like that. So you think about it, they have $50 million tied up at the quarterback position, and one of those guys isn't even there, which no team like loves. Like teams hate dead cap, at least most good teams do. The Rams have said, screw it. They had no problem trading Brandon Cooks. They traded Jared Goff. Then they made two huge midseason acquisitions Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller who are two guys that we talked about as keys to the victory. Like, other teams don't do that. I mean, I know the Packers were in on OBJ and some other teams, but, like, the Rams they the Rams don't have a draft pick this year until the fifth round. Like, they have no problem getting rid of drafts, draft picks. Like, they're going to do whatever it takes, and they're getting veteran guys brought in. And I do think you'll see teams try to copy that. I do wonder... The value, I think the if the Rams win today and if they're able to be competitive again next year, because the, the question is, can they sustain this success, right? If the Rams are competitive, they win today, they're competitive next year, you will see teams value their draft picks less. And I think you'll see more teams go after known entities, right? If you can go get an Aaron Rodgers, if you can go get a Jimmy Garoppolo, like a known entity, or pick your favorite other player who may be traded this year, Devontae Adams, if they franchise, if they tag him and trade him, you know, those types of things. You know exactly what you're getting, where a first round, second round, third round pick is a complete question mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And dead cap, I think, will matter. I think dead cap will matter less and less, too. 
<clears throat> we're going to talk about Rodgers, I think, a little bit later. Um, like, I do the Packers just move on from Jordan Love? That was a first round mm-hmm. pick. Um, you know, they're like, I think, I think you'll see more teams like admit mistakes in their draft or guys they even may have re-signed and just say, screw it, we'll take the hit this year, we'll get what we can for them, and we're going to go chase a veteran. I think the Rams may be changing the way front offices look at roster management. Interesting, um, especially to hear you say that just from agent's perspective. Um, I have a ton of thoughts on it. I definitely agree. I think um, just to add what you're touching on, which is like the Stafford golf trade, Mm -hmm. like the background behind that trade, both teams seemed like a fair trade at last season. Stafford and golf seemed to be on the, on the same playing field. After this season, do you think that they would stay the same? Well, it all um, it all comes down to how the Rams draft, or excuse me, the Lions draft, because it wasn't just Goff for Stafford; it was Goff and um, the Rams' first-round pick this year and their first-round pick next year. And they got a third-round pick in 2021. So they got three draft picks as part of that trade. So the the Lions are going to have, I don't know what pick they are, two? I think they're two. I think Jackson, is Jacksonville one again? Uh So they're going to have, yeah, they have the second pick. And then they're going to have either the 31st or the 32nd pick. And then they're going to have the 34th pick. So they're going to have three picks this year in the first 34 picks. And then it's going to be the same thing next year. They're going to have whatever their pick is plus the Rams pick. So they're going to have multiple first-round picks over the next two years. So who wins that trade depends on who do you turn those players into. Now, I think if you're the Rams, obviously you went and got Matt Stafford in his very first season took you to a Super Bowl. And look at what Matt Stafford's done to the receiving core. I mean, Cooper Cup was talked about in MVP voting. Oh, that wasn't even close, and we talked about that a while back. It's just impossible for a wide receiver to win it. But, like, he's elevated everybody else on that team. I think the Rams would say, yeah, we're happy to have Matt Stafford over two guys who are going to be picked in the 30s. Because, like, that pick isn't guaranteed. It's hard. Like, drafting is really hard. If everybody was good at it, you know, you wouldn't have the Jets who can't figure it out, and they're in the top five every year, you know? Um, So, but if you're the Lions, they weren't doing anything with Stafford anyway. It's not like they were good. This gives them a chance to revamp their roster with young talent. If they're able to hit on a couple of those picks, I'm sure they'd be happy with it. I, I don't know if there's a real loser yet. We'll see who the who the Lions take in the draft. And and I think I think we'll see in a couple of years, right? Like once it takes once time. It gets a little bit older. The NFC North changes. Uh, 
and I think you said it, Dan Campbell. Um, he's loved. He's a, he's a huge player. Uh, a huge players, players coach. coach. Um, they they. They're gonna they're gonna have to draft Goff's replacement. Goff is very clearly not the answer, at least in my opinion. Um, no, do they take a guy this either. year? Do they take a guy this year? Do they take a guy next year? The the benefit of having multiple first round picks is you can take chances and not like have the absolute pressure to hit because you always have another one. I don't want to say you you don't want to waste picks, but you have multiple kicks at this cat where you could draft a guy this year. If you don't think it works out, you can draft a guy next year and just really like load up that quarterback room with young guys that you think have a shot and see where it goes. Cause that, that position is so important. All right, let's, let's, um, let's go back to the game today. Kick it off now in about an hour predictions. Rams are favored by four and a half as of 30 minutes ago before we started over under at 49. Who do you got and why? Uh, Rams. Aaron Donald. Uh, mm-hmm. Is a healthy Aaron Donald this time around? Yeah. And um, LA's at home. I know the majority of people, but I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. They're they're at home. They're playing great football. They're hot. Um, and Cam Akers, I think, is a player because he was hurt for the majority of the season. He's a phenomenal mm-hmm. running back who's healthy and who's somewhat fresh. Like, he took his first snap all season this yeah. Yeah, and he's a stud. Yep. Um I, I think I think with those um with those it's it's Rams, uh and I'm not sure I think they cover. I know four and a half is such a suckers like I think they cover yeah. four and a half. So if you've been listening for any period of time, you know that I cannot, like I contractually cannot pick against the Rams after what happened in the middle of the season. So I too am going to pick the Rams. I think if the Rams and Bengals played 10 times, I think the Rams probably win seven of the 10. Um, I think they just have a better matchup, specifically like what you talked about, their defensive line versus a very bad offensive line. Um, so I'm, I too am going to pick the Rams. I'm going to pick the over mainly because I want the over to hit. I'd love this to be like a 35, 28 game. And I too, am going to pick the Rams to cover. So this means if you're going to listen to this episode in the next hour, you should hammer the Bengals and you should pick a money line. Cause they're going <laughs> to, yes. you, you specifically have not had a good playoff run. And I think this is the first time we've agreed on everything, which means it's not not going to happen. That's scary. Yes. Um, so in my in my in my heart of hearts, in my heart of hearts, though, I want the Bengals to win. You mentioned, you know, a city in desperate need of a championship. 
Um, I think it's just good for football to like, because like if you are a Lions fan, if you are, you know, pick your favorite downtrodden franchise. If you have a couple good draft drafts in a row, you get the right coach, the right culture. There's hope, and hope sells tickets. Hope keeps the game growing. Like everybody should feel like their team can win a Super Bowl in August. I know that's never the case, but like that's what gets people excited. That's what gets viewers, sells tickets, grows the game. So I I hope the Bengals win. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Rams. Yep, that's uh, it's you don't win Super Bowls kicking field goals. I know Evan McPherson's had the Bengals. Playoff run, uh, but when playoff games kicking field goals, I I think I think Joe today. Yeah, I mean he was sacked like eight or nine times in that Tennessee game. Like that just that can't happen today. Um, so we'll see. Um, okay, we got a couple odds and ends. Um, we'll see how many of these we get to. Because uh, I do probably want to get out of here in probably about 20, 30 minutes so we can relax and settle in for the big game. Um, let's start with a topic we're all probably getting sick of hearing and talking about, but Aaron Rodgers is king in the North here. And <laughs> um, and your four-time MVP. Um, I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter that it should have been Brady. I don't know if I disagree with them. Brady had the better statistical season. If like you're just going to look at stats, Brady was number one across the league in almost every category. Um, so I, I don't know. As a homer, like it's great for Rodgers, great for the franchise. Obviously, neither of them doesn't matter because neither of them are playing today. But the news broke uh, somewhat over the last 24 hours. Sources are saying, according to ESPN.com, the four-letter network there, that um, the Packers are going to go all in on Rodgers. They're going to basically extend him two, three years. They're going to give him whatever he wants, make him the highest-paid quarterback. And I have a couple of thoughts on that, but I want to get your thoughts first because you and I were going a little bit back and forth on text messages this morning. And we, we have a different opinion on this. What are your thoughts about the Packers potentially basically going all in, picking a two- or three-year window, and doing everything they can to win one more Super Bowl and Rodgers eventually retiring agreement Green Bay Packers? What are your thoughts on that strategy as a whole? It's a bold strategy, but you have – you have a generational arm talent in Aaron, in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, whether that translates in the playoffs or not, still, still to be determined. But you are so close in Green Bay, and I know that that can be said over years, but decades. You 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 need to go all in on a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers, um, and I think it says a few things about Green Bay and their, I think, I think one, you can, I think it's safe to assume if they're Rodgers, 
you're probably keeping Devontae Adams. Um, you're, if you can, to structure this team to be put in a position to win again, you're in the right to make the playoffs. And then it's a series of games to get yourself to the Super Bowl with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I think personally, as a Packer fan and a homer, you make that jump. You try and keep Aaron Rodgers and you run to try the next two years. Kind of what Tampa Bay did with Tom Brady and hope you get one before um, or there's... What about you? Yeah. Because so your, your take's a little bit different. Yeah, my take is that, and this is since 2000, since 2001, the highest cap percentage for an NFL quarterback to win the Super Bowl is 12.4%. And this only goes up to 2018. So um, I'm, I'm on footballfuture.com, some forum. So from 2001 to 2018, so in 2019, 20, and 21, I don't think this changed because um, Brady won it last year. He didn't have a high cap hit. He never really has. Who won in 20? Uh, man, it's amazing how quickly you forget. Yeah, who won the Super Bowl in 2020? Let me get it. Um, it's not that long. We should certainly know this. Um, so the Niners beat the Packers. And then at the Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, and they lost. Winning. So Mahomes was on his rookie deal. So that was below. So the highest, and then in 19, the uh, Patriots beat the Rams. So it was Brady again. So since 2001, the highest cap percentage is 12.4%. Think about that. 12.4%. Rodgers, if he makes anywhere around $45 million, which... He's on the cap next year for, I think, 48. That's almost a 25% cap hit. Nobody has ever done it. If I run through this list, Brady at 12.4. Foles and Wentz, they're paying both 4.6%. Brady, 8.9%. Manning, 12.2%. Brady, 11.1%. Russell Wilson, 0.6%. Flacco, 6.6%. Eli Manning, 11.7%. So you're getting the picture here. Rodgers, under 10%. Although, be careful, that was an uncapped year. Um, you can't take 25% of your roster and stick it in the quarterback position and have a competitive roster. It's it's too hard. Um, and then on top of it, <clears throat> the market for Rodgers is never higher. Like, he's back-to-back MVPs. He's still young enough where a team who wants to trade him can probably get two three maybe four years out of him like if they sign him to an extension you you can't trade him or you if you can you're not going to get three four 
first round draft picks plus a player or two. I mean, like Rodgers right now would go for an ungodly trade amount. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Packers need to be competitive. My fear, like, yes, if they go all in on Rodgers, if they find a way to re-sign Devontae Adams, like they're going to be like, they're going to be the New Orleans Saints. They're going to be 60 to $70 million over the cap. You're going to have to restructure a bunch of deals, cut some guys that probably shouldn't be cut. And what happens then in three years when Rodgers is done, the cupboard's bare, you don't have a quarterback, and you got all these cap problems, <clears throat> and then you're going to be a two-win team for a decade as you try and get out of that mess. What this screams to me, if these sources are accurate, is that they deeply missed on the Jordan Love draft pick, and they know it. Yeah. Um, that's if, if, if these rumors are true, they made a huge mistake trading up for Jordan Love. And think about where the Packers could have been two years ago with a f- first-round draft pick if they would have drafted another pass rusher, another corner, a wide receiver that Rodgers has been begging for. <clears throat> and instead they trade up for a quarterback that may never play a snap in Green Bay. What what a miss. But then if you look at one more, one more quick thing before you go. If they do it, this goes back to what we just talked about with the Rams, where at least if that's the case, they're admitting their mistake and they're saying, okay, this isn't going to work. We got to change course, and Jordan Love's not the guy. Similar to what the Rams did with Goff, and if you remember, the Rams gave Goff a huge contract extension. So, this might be them admitting their mistakes and saying, you know what, we don't know when we're going to have another good quarterback. It could be twenty years from now. So, let's capitalize on this next three years and do everything we can to win one more time before Aaron retires. That's. I mean, it's so uncertain. You, you don't. What's what's the price? Is it, is, is it going sixty to 60 the cap? Running. I don't know. The next five years, I don't know. Out of a financial hole like that, but. But just remember. But just remember, like. Come, come March 16th. So we got about a month and three days. They have to be under the cap. At no point can you be over the salary cap once the new league year starts. So if this is true, over the next four weeks, you're going to watch the Packers do a ton of salary cap gymnastics, whether that's cutting guys, whether that's restructuring deals, spreading out salary cap, like you're going to know probably in the next two weeks, if this is true, regardless of whether Rogers contract is made public, because if they start shedding cap, you know that they're doing something big. If they don't, then you know that they're probably going to trade him prior to March 16th, because once Rogers comes off the books, they don't have a salary cap problem anymore. He's, I don't want to say he's the problem because obviously they have, 52 other contracts to worry about but if you take his 48 million dollar cap hit off the books you're not you don't have a cap problem anymore so you're going to know pretty quick here whether it's in the news or not by how the packers are handling this 
whether it's true they're trying to bring Rodgers back or or not. It's, and it's the Packers. So I, this just came in to my head, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, but trying to up the ante on a Rodgers sticker price. By saying they're willing to go all in, they see tread on the tires left, they see an opportunity, and they're saying, hey, we are also interested. It could be a negotiation tactic, 100%. Um, People were also saying, like, Roger's MVP speech was him saying he wanted to come back. Like, he was thanking Ted Thompson, who drafted him. He was thanking, you know, he said that he was close with Gutenkinst and Russ Ball and some other guys in the front office, which may be true. Maybe that's him publicly putting the past behind him or or it's him looking back and saying i had a really good career in green bay and now it's time to move on um rogers doesn't say anything out of line like you know that was well scripted and every word was meticulously planned which way it's gonna go i don't know it's you know um but he's just a very calculated guy i've been immunized uh, inoculated is that the word he used? Oh, did he immunize or inoc? It, whatever it was, it was a play on words, right? Um, because he knew he was going to get that question, and yeah, he planned it out. Same thing with his with his speech. So I don't know. I as much as I so Aaron Rodgers, probably even more so than Brett Favre, is the quarterback we grew up with. I mean, that twenty ten Super Bowl. I just turned twenty one. Like I've known Rodgers most of my life. Brett Favre was, you know, while we were growing up when we were kids. As much as it would suck to see him play in Denver or wherever else he may go, I don't want to I would I, I want the Packers to be as competitive as possible for as long as possible. And even if Jordan Love's not the guy, get a shit ton of draft picks and find the next guy. Like I said with uh who are we talking about earlier? The rant or the um Lions. Like, if you have multiple first-round picks for multiple years, you've got chances to find the next guy. Um, and I just – I think if they get so Rodgers back – Are you saying that you would take multiple quarterbacks to find the right guy with those picks? Look at what the Cardinals did. Pick Josh Rosen number one overall or number – no, he was fifth overall. Next year they sucked. They cut him and they picked Kyler Murray. Same thing. You 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 got to find the guy, and I would rather make a seven million dollar mistake in a rookie quarterback than a forty eight million dollar mistake in Rodgers. I just don't like if the if the Packers re-sign Rodgers, they will win thirteen games and they will lose in the playoffs for the next three years. But you have a I, shot I, I, every year with Rodgers under center. I, I don't think they have a shot though. I mean, you're, I, the Packers were in the NFC Championship out of the last two years. They they, they made it their they were a game away from the Super Bowl. But how many Super Bowls have they played in since 2010? There's a difference between being very good and actually having a chance to win a Super Bowl. I don't think they can manage the roster at the price that Rodgers is going to get paid. Yes, they will win 13 games. Yes, they'll be a one or a two seed in the playoffs. Because I do think the NFC is going to be down, but I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. It's it's too. You can't build a roster. You had you. 
they would have to hit like on what they did with Rasul Douglas and Campbell and some of those guys they brought in off the street, other teams practice squad. You have to hit on that all the time, and that's so hard. You have to hit on every draft pick because you need talent that is cheap. You, you like They can't bring in veteran players at high price tags because they just don't have the cap space. You, 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 you extend Rodgers, can they afford to even bring Devonta Adams back? It's, and I'm sure they'll find a way, but you, I just have what cost. What? Nobody's talking about this because it's something that is just take less money. It seems on the surface, at least. He's getting a say in personnel. He's getting a say in some to bring in like he wanted Randall Cobb the Packers went out and got Randall Cobb now he's he's more that occur in the front office does that equate to a team friendly deal to win a Super Bowl absolutely not Rodgers isn't that guy Rodgers is not Tom Brady Tom Brady yeah he'll take a 20 million dollar deal a 25 million dollar deal because he wants to win. Rodgers wants to be known as the highest paid NFL quarterback. And I have no problem with that. Get yours, bud. Like, get yours while you can. Uh, I'm not going to shit on a guy for trying to make as much money as he possibly can while he can still play. Um, and if I was his agent, I would tell him to do the same thing. So, like, I'm not, I'm not disparaging that. But I think that's his motivation. And what I think you'll see the Packers – They'll probably offer him like a five-year extension with the last two years having void years so that they'll give him a huge salary cap. They'll spread it out over five years, but he'll really only be under contract for like two or three of those years. And they'll try and get creative with that, which, again, for the first two to three years makes Rodgers' cap a little bit more manageable. Um, but then you're, just, you're, you're, you're mortgaging the future. And, and I think if they're going to re-sign Devontae Adams, it's going to be the same thing. And, you know, I, I've been saying Adams is going to get like a four-year, $115 million deal. If you do most of that, you do $60 million guaranteed. Like, think about that. He's going to be 30 next year. And you're going to have all these huge cap numbers for a wide receiver who's getting older. And Rodgers isn't going to be there probably for the rest of his contract. It's just, it's so hard. You're going to have like the second highest paid left tackle. You're going to have the highest paid wide receiver, the highest paid quarterback. Uh, Jair Alexander's due for an extension. He's probably going to be a top three paid corner. Like look at how much of your salary caps tied up in four or five positions. You still have 48 other roster spots to fill. You can't do that all with league minimum guys and still be competitive. It's, it's, it's too hard. And, just playing devil's advocate, I think the Patriot way is contagious, and I think I think Tom Brady bringing see that pay off in a championship. You know, I I'm I'm not entirely confident that Aaron Rodgers is is a guy who will take a pay cut in order to win, but was a scenario that he would do that. 
him playing with Devontae Adams, playing with his a posse, for the lack of a better term, his entourage of once making some mm-hmm. front office decisions. Yeah, but, you know, you mentioned the Buccaneers, right? And, yeah, they had a couple guys come in probably below market value to play with Brady, win a ring. That's all great. Any of those guys going to do that this year now that Brady's gone? No, no. they leave with Brady. And, and, but and they're going to suck. That's the greatness of Brady. He, he brings guys with him that already have the chemistry and have that attitude. I know, but look at the Buccaneers' future for the next five years. That's what I'm saying. Like and and winning a Super Bowl is not guaranteed, and in fact, nobody has done it with the cap hit that Rodgers is going to hold. So, you know, it's not guaranteed that you're going to win a Super Bowl. And then, in a city like Green Bay, with a hundred thousand people, nobody wants to play there. It's cold. There's nothing to do. Like I hate to say it, but if you're a black football player, you're probably the only black people in Green Bay, or very few of them. Right? It's not like Vegas or LA or Atlanta, you know, whatever. Like, there's a real stigma about getting free agents to Green Bay, especially when you're bad. So, like, if the Packers go all in and they push all the chips to the middle for the next three years and you don't win a Super Bowl, they're going to suck for a long time, is my fear. Now, they could do my strategy and they could still suck because if it's not clear that Jordan loves the guy, then you're going to do the draft thing. And we've all seen, I mean, look at the Jets. Look at the, even the uh, the Browns who thought they had Baker. Now, they don't know if Baker's the guy. Uh, the Ravens, I guess, aren't sold on Lamar Jackson. Their talks have snagged. And those are good quarterbacks, let alone the, you know, the bottom of the league who's been chasing that franchise guy for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Both, both scenarios have risks. I just... It's, the Packers it, have always thought long term, and now it feels like they're thinking very narrow. And man, if you're going to go all in, you better you better hit. So it's going to come down to um, all the naysayers that say we need to cut ties, win a Super Bowl. You know, some some dark years at. Sure, Tampa Bay is okay losing a couple of years because they they recently won a Super Bowl. Well, and if they never brought Brady in, they would have never been there anyway. They just would have been bad. I mean, no offense to Jameis Winston, but can't have a quarterback so, throwing 30 picks a year and win a Super Bowl. No, agreed. Uh, you're, you're, you're firmly planted in the boat that you think the Packers should be moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And if Jordan Love's not the guy, throw him out there for a year, draft the next guy, try and develop him. He's not the guy. I draft the next guy. Like, however many drafts it takes, the quarterback position is obviously the most important. I just think now you can you can rebuild the roster with younger, cheaper talent. Like draft picks are just they're less expensive than veterans. If they, I mean, if if they can do what you're saying and they can get Rodgers to take a pay cut to stay, yeah, great. But knowing his relationship with the front office over the last two years. I can't imagine any scenario where he's going to say, okay, yeah, I'll play for $20 million a year. Like he's, he's not, he's going to play for, he wants to set the next record for being the highest paid quarterback. And it's, I mean, I've heard numbers as high as $48 million a year guaranteed. Stupid. That's, yeah. That 
that to me just that's that's not a team mentality and if you're telling if if you're saying that the percentage of a cap that goes to a particular quarterback i want a super that statistic i'm sure individuals at the front office level know that statistic as well oh of course um, It, it's silly. You need to win a Super Bowl if you pay Aaron Rodgers that amount of money. It's just so intriguing because he has LeBron. Like, does Rodgers remind you of LeBron in certain ways? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Hollywood. I'm I'm still gonna make TV. I'm still gonna record. Has like the shop, which uh, just highlights like certain. Like a barbershop setting. If you guys haven't seen it, it streams on HBO. Highly recommend it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's he has an agent just for his entertainment ventures. Makes me think it's less about the money in football because he has he has a career after football in entertainment. Yeah, but it doesn't. I don't think it matters because. And again, I don't know Aaron Rodgers. I just I know him from how he's portrayed to us in the form of media and his interviews. I get the sense that nobody holds a grudge like Aaron Rodgers. And if he's going to stay in Green Bay, like Green Bay is going to have to bend over backwards to get him to stay. And he's going to like stick it to the organization and say like, "Yes, you you owe me a public apology in the form of $48 million guaranteed next year." <laughs> like like I, I just it, if I'm wrong I like I would just be I mean I'd be elated as a fan as a Packer fan and like you, you can't Rogers is an extremely intelligent guy you can't tell me he needs the money like I'm sure he's got that all invested stashed away like you said he's got other ventures planned for after football he'll be he's fine he, he'll he'll never have to do another thing Our in his life of the Bucks as well yeah exactly he's well diversified smart guy he's got it figured out but i think it's more of a perception thing and yeah i just i i would be shocked if he again if he does the 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 one thing that might be motivating him is i think he wants to win one more super bowl i think he wants to have one more super bowl than brett Favre. That might be the one motivating factor to get him to stay in Green Bay. It is a chance to have one more than his predecessor, who, if you remember the beginning, him and Brett did not get along. I think it's better now that Brett's been retired for so long, but like that might be a motivating factor for him. But I don't know. I'd be shocked. Yeah. Perplexing. But interesting. Um, this is a good balance that we have of differing. Well, what do they say in TV? Differing opinions drive ratings, you know? That's why we did it. <laughs> All right, man. It's uh, it's almost 5 o'clock local time. Let's hit one more topic quick. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you pick where we go. We got... Yeah. Uh, we got the Kyler Murray drama in Arizona. We can go there. We can go to what Antonio Brown's glove got at the auction we could go 
Jimmy Garoppolo. We could stick with quarterbacks and trades. Of those three, which one do you want to hit? Um, let's talk about Antonio Brown's gloves. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that one. Okay. So uh, <laughs> this was a stone. <laughs> And this will be a good for 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 any struggling wide receiver, um, um, Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, special wide receiver. Just have a soft spot for those guys. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> they make for That's good. My, they do make for good stories. So, um, uh, if you forgot, because it was a few weeks ago, Antonio Brown uh, stripped, got half naked, threw his gloves into the stands. His receiver gloves uh, left his pads and jersey on the sideline. Did a couple jumping jacks in the end zone. Got the pump, the crowd in New York because uh, they were playing the Jets that weekend. Got the crowd pumped and then walked off and is now, uh, you know, going after the Bucks for a- allegedly attempting to force him to play with an injured ankle. Bruce Arian says he was just angry over targets. They got the whole drama as the Buccaneers moved on from Antonio Brown. So those those gloves that were tossed into the stands, that lucky fan uh, put said gloves in an online auction, and they fetched sixteen thousand nine hundred and eleven and sixty cents. So just shy of seventeen grand for for those said gloves. They received fifty three bids. Over a 13-day window, the bidding started at $81. Could you imagine, like, you're in the stands, you catch those gloves, you're probably a Jets fan, you probably don't care about Antonio Brown, you're like, ah, screw it, I'll throw him up. It was on a site called uh, Leland's, L-E-L-A-N-D-S, Leland's, Leland's. basically throwing it up on eBay saying like, eh, I'll start it at $80. We'll see what comes in. 17 grand later, you just caught a lottery ticket at the Jets game. Probably the best thing to happen to a Jets fan in years. That's yeah. It's insane for 80. You, you posted for $81. You're probably. If I get 200 bucks for this, great. You like log in. If I can get, he's probably thinking, holy shit, like it's over a thousand dollars. If I can, if so, a couple thoughts on that. The guy's probably thinking, or gal, I don't know who caught him, uh, but probably thinking, like, uh, if I can get the cost of my tickets back, that would be awesome. Basically, getting a free Jets game and you get to watch Brady play one more time. Um, And then, like, you're right, it probably hit like like day three, probably hit like a thousand dollars. And now, that poor soul's probably, well, I shouldn't say poor soul, that rich soul was probably like refreshing that internet browser every 15 minutes, <laughs> just watching that thing tick up, <laughs> like all the way up to 17K. Um, it's not even, it's Antonio's Brown or Antonio Brown's glove was a Raiders glove. Is what? that accurate? It's so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right now, and it's a really recent record. 
but they're saying uh, the Antonio Brown meltdown glove is being auctioned off. It's love with the Raiders logo blacked out. And it's only one glove because I was all my question. It does. Is, yes. It does say it, glove. Split it? Well, you remember he threw them and they probably separated. So there could be another lottery ticket yet to hit auction. Like that person's probably thrilled. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to yes, keep this yes. as kind of yeah, a cool sports, piece of sports history. But now it's like, yeah, that's going. Yes. Yeah, that bidding is now starting <laughs> oh. at 15 grand. Um, absolutely. Uh, the ESPN story doesn't talk about the, the Raiders blacked out, which that would be an interesting piece of the story. Like, do, does the Buccaneers equipment standpoint not have gloves? Did Antonio Brown like have a lucky pair of Raiders gloves? Did, he never played a game for the Raiders. Uh, I think maybe preseason, but I don't know. Yeah, he was cut before the season started because you remember he showed up. He had the frost. He had the yeah. He had the frostbite incident, all that drama, and he got traded to New England. I don't think he ever played a snap for the Raiders. I could be wrong on that. I'm going off memory. And 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 maybe Antonio Brown was so unhappy in Tampa Bay. He missed the Raiders, <laughs> like just just like, like that, 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 that one that got away. That 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 X. He still thinks about the Raiders because why else? They, if weird, that's just bizarre. Like why are gloves? If that's true, that is amazing. He's, uh, he's also been like notoriously. Because he had that helmet thing too, right? Where he didn't want to upgrade his helmet because he liked the older style when he was in Oakland. Yes. So God forbid, um, you know, you protect your head. You stick with an old. Yeah, I, I'll have to go back and do some research. So Antonio Brown signed a three-year, $50 million deal with the Raiders. $30 million was guaranteed. I wonder how much of that money he saw. Because he never played a snap, a regular season snap for them. And then he was cut. But he was fined $215,000 for conduct detrimental to the team. So I don't know how. One, I don't know if there was offset language in his contract. Two, I don't know if they were able to like get out of that money based on his exit from that team. He he could have potentially been paid thirty million dollars to never play a snap in Oakland. Potentially, I mean, I, I'll have to go back and do some research on that. Who knows? Yeah. What a wild ride. He definitely got paid during his time there, right? Well, so he, he for his for his base salary, whatever was in his base salary, he would have never gotten a game check because he never played a snap. Now, when it's guaranteed, it also depends on the guarantee. There's three types of guarantee, right? There's guaranteed for skill, there's guarantee for injury, and there's guarantee for salary cap reasons. So if it's fully guaranteed, he would have been owed that money. If it was $30 million guaranteed just for injury, he wouldn't have gotten any of that because he obviously wasn't injured. He was just cut. So, again, there's a lot of different components here. I don't want to, like, speculate. But potentially, he could have been paid $30 million to never play a game there. 
potentially. It was probably much less than that. And in fact, if he never got any of that, depending on how much was signing bonus or whatever, he had a $215,000 fine. He could have ended up owing the Raiders money, which would be interesting. A lot of layers to this story. <laughs> a lot of layers yes. to the Raiders saga. Um, man, that seems like forever ago, too. Uh, well, for the lucky fan that has glove number two, hit up uh, Leland's sports auctions. Get that sucker up online. And, yeah, start the bidding at 12, 13, 14 grand. And maybe, maybe that guy who dropped 17K on one glove is really anxious to make it a set and could really drive that price up there we go yeah this is so it's on fox business i'm just (laughs) is a glove from uh the raiders the outside of the glove has a raiders logo from when brown played for the raiders that is it's just been blacked out that is amazing what a piece of sports history right and on the it's imprinted super bad. Love it. You and I need to start a GoFundMe. Let's get ready. Everybody's listening. Send me and Mike some money. We got to get glove number two. Let's start, <laughs> start raising some capital here. It seems like uh, a good investment. The link will be posted um, just in our yes. podcast descriptions. Um, no donation yes. is too small or too large. Absolutely. Yep. And the larger, the better. We need to raise 17K <laughs> quick so that we can get this glove number two. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, the game kicks off in 22 minutes or so. So I think you and I should get out of here. Um, sounds like we might be doing a special episode tomorrow. Do a little recap. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this right away. Uh, so I know our fans are dying. And we'll do a recap tomorrow of the game. Maybe talk some commercials. We'll talk halftime show. Um, and then it begins the long, dark offseason that is the NFL offseason, although there'll be plenty to talk about. I'm going to have a vested interest in the draft process this year. Um, so we can talk about that. Free agencies right around the corner. We'll have Rodgers, Garoppolo, potentially Kyler Murray, um, a whole bunch of people here. Um, a whole bunch of people here that will be hitting free agency to talk about. So um follow us on the socials and mike any last words no just pumped to pump to watch um and then pumped to chat about this tomorrow i think there are gonna be some surprises during this game uh so so, yeah. so we'll have we'll... awesome all right everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to you later bye